Do you know what I like better than one bottle of wine? Two? <laughs> Six. It's coming up to silly season. It is very important to have a well-stocked fridge. The best way to keep that wine rack full is to investigate the packs page at our good friend drnks.com. I've personally been eyeing off the Swim Sleep Repeat Pack, which is apparently in the style of party bags. Whatever kind of vibes you're after, you will find a pack that suits. I'm quite keen on the Get Some Pack, and only partially because of the name, and I'll be making sure to enter Highly Enthused at checkout to get 10% off too. It is such a good bargain. Yeah, we use our own code. All the time. (laughs) Like, maybe too much. (laughs) Whatever pack you get, make sure you enjoy it responsibly. Thank you very much to drinks. Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Welcome back to another episode of Highly Enthused. We've got our first guest list of season two today. We've made you wait for it. Yes. It's a good one, really good one. (laughs) We've got Kate Jinks here, who is a writer, host, critic and film curator and also the director of programming at Sydney's Golden Age Cinema, which is an incredible pocket-sized cinema in Surrey Hills in Sydney underneath the Paramount House Hotel. Kate also appears regularly on the ABC TV's The Mix and on ABC Radio with The Book Show and The Hub on screen. And you've also written about art and culture for so many places. I've just got a few. The Saturday Paper, The Guardian, The Monthly and Vice. And we hear in a past life, you're actually a designer and a DJ. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so that's a lot. <laughs> I feel like you crammed about five different careers into one paragraph there. That I know. What will be next? Get back into my tarot reading. Please. I always enjoy your horoscope content on your Instagram. Uh-huh. It makes me feel justified in all my weird astrology <laughs> obsessions. That's Because we actually do, yeah, Golden Age, one of my favourite things is working on Elements Rising. And we pick films for a zodiac sign each month. And we have tarot readings beforehand. It's literally in the Venn diagram of interests. She's like right in the middle. What stars on are you? I'm a Leo with a Gemini rising. What film did you screen? For Leos we did Desperately Seeking Susan actually which is such a good film and it's just like full Leo power because Madonna, Rosanna Arquette, they are both Leos and it's just like insane fashion, magic, vanity, loyalty, all of the things to do with Leo. What are you? I'm an Aries. We haven't done Aries yet. Good. <laughs> I need your input. I am a Taurus with a Libra moon and a Pisces rising. Oh, we haven't done Taurus yet either. Um, so this week we are going to be talking about Kate's fave summer films. We want to caveat these aren't her faves of all time because we would have probably had to give her about a year to maybe catalogue, decide, add 25 new ones in. We just decided we'd keep it simple. So So we're going to be talking about summer films in particular, but don't worry if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you can either watch them to warm up or in our newsletter, which you can sign up to at highlyenthused.substack.com for the 20 people who haven't done it yet. And we'll also have five of her favourite winter films, which I think will be a nice sort of flip side. Seasonal clash. Yes. We've got you covered, guys. Spring and autumn will come later. We'll get it back in six months' time. (laughs) So how did you actually land the gig at Golden Age? I was hosting a show on FBI Radio that was about film every week uh, and it was really fun I was writing a lot of film criticism for a few magazines and things like that and I actually just got a phone call out of the blue one day saying we're opening a cinema in Sydney are you interested 
So the dream. <laughs> it was pretty wild. I said, are you joking? Uh, I thought it was a prank. And then um, we met up for a coffee and... Um, yeah, these guys were serious. The Bartons, um, a trio of brothers, um, Paramount House was just sort of starting to come back into fruition. And yeah, we were the first ones to open in that building six and a bit years ago now. So, it was an old cinema itself. Like yeah, it so the building is amazing. Um, Paramount Pictures, they had their offices there and they did screenings for exhibitors and also for critics. So they were there until the early 70s, mid-70s. There's a lot of history in that building Um, and Golden Age is kind of interesting in that I play new films like my favourite new films and then program cults and classics around it so everything's kind of thematic and I'm currently working on a really big Euro summer program Mm. uh, for December January so think you know spritzers and coastlines so I'm really excited about that one how many hours of film do you reckon you watch a week I don't know I probably watch I would say I would watch about five on a regular week like five to seven films a week maybe that's not including if I'm working on a big series or something like that but yeah I mean I'm lucky enough that it's something I enjoy doing but also it's my job so you know it's amazing well without further ado should we just dive into your five summer films yeah um I just did want to state that there are like some total summer bangers that I'm not covering, like Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. So these are sort of a little more obscure, perhaps. Yeah. But they're all great. Even better. Stops you scrolling on a Saturday night when you actually have a list of stuff you haven't seen before. Okay, what's number one? Okay, I think number one we should start with Starstruck. Okay. Um, It's from 1982. It was directed by Gillian Armstrong. Um, and it was restored just two years ago by the National Film and Sound Archive. So there is a really amazing copy of it available. It is streaming. It's available on DVD. Um, you might see it at one of your favourite Sydney cinemas over summer. <laughs> da, da, da. But it is a, it's a rock musical, which is something that I would not normally be like, that's something we all need to see. It's not really something that's being produced very much anymore, is it? The rock musical is a genre of... Queen. Oh, Queen. oh, I guess Queen. Yeah, I mean, it's a biopic, Queen I Rhapsody. guess. Yeah. But... Yeah, this is so. This one stars this Australian actress who I believe is now a therapist in Melbourne. She's not acting anymore. Her name's Joe Kennedy. It's a true um, Australian story, that <laughs> isn't that beautiful. So she's this teenager. She's just she's out of high school and she's working in her mum's pub in the Rocks, the Harbour View Hotel, which is still there. But once Go on you see the movies that are set in Sydney, in well, the that's the thing. And this is decades. This is like full on summer. It's like pools on rooftops. It's got the opera house. It's got like a old shitty pub in the rocks with a cockatoo that's like one of the main characters. <laughs> like it is perfectly Australian Sydney um, summer. It's like tinsel, like that's a bit burnt around the edges, you know, like a bad Christmas lunch. It's got it all. So, yeah, so Joe Kennedy stars as this young wannabe singer who uh, is just obsessed with kind of becoming famous and she'll do anything. She will like wear crazy outfits that make her look topless and go tightrope walking between two buildings that still exist in the CBD just to get publicity and then her the pub starts to kind of fall into some financial hard times and she and her cousin her little cousin Angus enter this band that they make up 
to go into like a battle of the bands that's happening at the Sydney Opera House and they'll do anything to win it. The music is really great. Tim Finn wrote a lot of the songs. Yeah, this is like classic. This is like Australian classic material. It's so great. The costumes are incredible. She's dressed up in like tutus and giant kangaroo costume. (laughs) It's really, really wild. All the design was done by the same guy that did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just, it's just wild, wild, wild. This is under the radar. (laughs) Go away. Well, I guess because it was sort of not, I mean, it was big at the time in 1982, I guess. I wasn't Maybe it's at just the like, cinema then, but yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's really nice that it has just been restored by um, the NFSA. I was kind of lucky enough to host a premiere screening of it with Gillian Armstrong and the producer David Elphick, and it was just wild. The cinema was absolutely full of people who remembered it, and it was like their favorite film. It had made them become musicians. I'm it's, definitely coming to watch this. It's such a good <laughs> movie. Anyway, and it, it's very rare you get to see Sydney on screen in a good mm. way. I know, and even just like there's not much. I haven't sat down and watched even like archival footage of what Sydney looked like in the 70s or 80s. Like you just every now and then I'll see a photograph that's really striking, and you're like, oh my god, like it's the same but not the same, and it's so nice just to yeah. see it reflected. Whereas if you live somewhere like London or New York, like there's so much that you can look back on and see oh, like yeah. what the city looked like and how it's changed. So yeah, it's such a little thrill when you get yeah. to it. And then, so Joe Kennedy, who stars in it, she's also in like basically one other movie. It's called Tenderhooks and it is all around Bondi, Woolloomooloo, King's Cross, and it's made in 1989 and it shows that side of the city then. Oh, cool. It's fully on YouTube. That's the only way you can see it these days. Someone has uploaded the whole thing. It's yep. called Tenderhooks. It's very good. Okay, well, I'm going to be doing that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is number two? I thought we'd talk about Celine and Julie Go Boating. It's by Jacques Rivette. It came out in 1974. It's set in Paris, but kind of a magical Paris. And it's a Paris of, like, tank tops and wild hair and big sunglasses and tarot. It's so, so the good. Best kind of Paris. Up your <laughs> So um, one of them is a cabaret magician. The other one is a librarian slash tarot reader. She's getting into the cards. Ten-year-old me would genuinely think that is the ideal profession. Yeah. Like that is my It's pretty job. good, right? Yeah. 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 So maybe that's my next profession. Yeah. So Julie, who is the librarian tarot reader, she sees Celine go past her in a Parisian park and she drops her scarf and Julie goes and picks it up and tries to find her and they become they kind of go down the rabbit hole together they're these two women who become very fast friends they move into it like into one of their apartments immediately and they start to kind of imitate each other and take over each other's lives like one of them turns up to a date with one of the boyfriends and acts as her and breaks up with him and like just kind of craziness ensues but there is this other weird timeline thing that happens within it. So one of them has been working in this house, but she has no memories. And the other one wants to get to the bottom of it. And they soon start going in, visiting this house, which is a haunted house, essentially. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. And um, there seems to be a girl in trouble in the house and they want to rescue her. But every time they are ejected from the house, they have no memories and they have to... Like, re-piece it back together. Yeah, so they, well, they'll have, like, a little boiled sweet in their pocket, in their mouth, and then they take it out. And when they suck on it, they can remember everything that <laughs> happened. Sounds like a dream that you're trying to explain to someone. You know when you try to explain a dream and you're like, and then this 
weird thing happened? And they're like, what? No, <laughs> Does this keep getting more and complex? I, yeah, I, Classic French wave. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I don't like a film that has, it's just like dreamy and trippy, but actually I do. That's a lie. But this one is just a really, really beautiful film. And it's it's available on DVD and it's on the BFI player, but it's also screening at the Art Gallery of New South Wales on the 10th of November. When you um, say available on DVD, what? where are you getting your DVDs these days? Oh, Film Club Sydney. If you're in yes. Sydney, it's the best DVD shop left. Um, on Darlinghurst Road? Yeah. yeah, they've got everything. I know. <laughs> Actually, that's the only place. If, if anyone has better tips than that, please let me know. I guess but some people still collect them, don't they? I don't know. I think some people, I think JB Hi-Fi still sells DVDs. I don't know if they sell 1974 French New Wave classic, <laughs> but they might. That one was re-released by the BFI a oh, few so years ago. Oh, so they might so have, I have it. Yes. So I have the DVD of it, so you can borrow it from me. Great. There you go. Either go to Film Club or email Kate. There are two <laughs> options for tracking this but, down. And so Selena and Julie do actually go boating in the film too so it has like a nice kind of park boat moment in it but it's a real it's not a summer banger but it's really (laughs) beautiful look it's got a librarian taro a haunted house ladies and with big hair and sunglasses and tank tops what more do you want Mm -hmm. i don't want anything more but then if we're talking dreamy summer films there's also haosu yeah which is a japanese film from 1977 by nobuhiku obayashi he was a really famous director in japan but of commercials Mm. Uh, and he would use lots of animations and he had just like this amazing bag of tricks as like post-production tricks to use. Can I say it's so Japanese that he was a famous director of ads? Yeah. Yeah. And then people so impressed by the ads that they want to see whole movies. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, well, he wanted to start making more films, feature films and Toho, this very famous Japanese production company went to him with the idea that he would make the Japanese version of Jaws, which <laughs> were, like had just been the biggest summer hit, you know, of all time. And uh, this is not it, yep. I just want to say. And it was actually inspired by the director's daughter. I think she was like 10 years old. And you can tell it's a horror film, but because it's a kid's dream, it's not really scary at all. So this is actually like a retelling of a dream where yeah. you're like, oh, and then this happened, but then you were a cat, but you were you. Yeah, but in a, <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. And so seven girls go on, they're all Japanese schoolgirls, they go on a summer holiday to one of their aunt's houses. And they all have really amazing names, which describes their personalities. So there's gorgeous, she's gorgeous, <laughs> prof, who is like very smart. There's Melody, who loves music. There's Kung Fu, who's really athletic. Um, there's Mac, who likes to eat a lot. <laughs> And sweet, who's just really sweet, and fantasy, who's a daydreamer. So it, this so is it kind does, of a does what it says on the tin. Absolutely, kind of thing. this is like Babysitter's Club go to Japan and get freaked out. So they go to this house of their aunt's house in the countryside, and it turns out that this cat that they've brought along with them might be a ghost cat, and the house might be haunted. There's a haunted piano. There's a haunted well. It's really wild. Like you will not believe your eyes while you are watching this. <laughs> film. It's become a cult classic. It was reviewed very badly when it first came out, but yep. it's one of those things that has... I am a total wuss when it comes to scary movies. Like, like I've occasionally gotten freaked out by episodes of Law & Order SVU. How scared would I be watching this? Do you Not think? at all. Okay, good. It's animation, right? There's no, so it's, there are elements of animation within the film. Okay. Not in like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of way, I guess, <laughs> but like little bits of animated special effects, which now just 
seem like a crazy music video is what yeah. it kind of looks cool. like. But you will not be you will not be scared. Okay, great. I Thanks. promise you. Thank you. I'm a total. This shit. is a wild list. I'm just realizing <laughs> now. Bouncing around. I feel like that's appropriate for summer when it's like so hot, weird things happen, and you kind of just accept them. You're like, yeah, well, yeah. that's hot. That makes sense. This is like a fever dream. Yeah. List. I think exactly. Yeah. So we want. I also feel like when you said like this is 1977 and the Celine and Julie go boating was 1974. For some reason, the 70s just seemed like they were always summer, like yeah. culturally. Like when you look back on the 70s, it's like it was always kind it was of hot. hot. Yeah. People were rioting a lot. It was just like sweaty. Yeah. Sweaty plus like maybe like a denim jacket to put on when that it was, was a little bit cool in the needed. evening. Yeah. I yeah. think it's a summer decade. Just lounging yeah. around pools. Yeah. Okay. So that was number three. So that's Haosu. And that's available again, DVD or the Criterion channel. Yeah. Talk to me about the Criterion channel. Okay. So it, what is it? <laughs> so who is it? What is it? Where do I find it? So Criterion is like a production company from the States who release remastered versions of really great films on like Blu-ray, DVD. And they've been doing it for, I don't know, quite some time. I want to say 12 years. I'll yeah. just say 12 years. Yeah. And they started a channel with Turner Classic Movies last year called Filmstruck. It was amazing. Yeah, on Twitter. Um, so it was like a combination of Turner Classic Movies classics and their like kind of more obscure films re-released and now that's shut down but Criterion has started their own channel and there are ways for Australians to sign up for it we won't tell you how but you can figure it out guys <laughs> yeah and you sign up for it I think it's like an annual thing and it, the films that they have online are just second to none like really incredible films okay so that was number three Mm-hmm. Let us know if you go on Criterion Channel, everyone. Um, what is number four? Look, I love Reality Bites. <laughs> for a good reason. <laughs> it's from 1994. It was directed by Ben Stiller, but it was written by Helen Childress. I'm obsessed with the idea of Helen Childress. She just sort of disappeared. Really? She didn't really do anything else, but this movie is perfection. <laughs> she was like, I'm done. You're welcome. <laughs> no, maybe she and Ben Stiller had a falling out. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But um, yeah, I look, I just, this film is kind of everything to me. It's like the <laughs> ultimate dumb summer movie with a social conscience. Yeah. I don't know. I think it captures that thing about being young, that kind of aimlessness. Yeah, so it's like about four college graduates who are trying to make enough money for rent. They're very much Gen X and they are dealing with Gen X issues, which still, you know, have a place in today's world. Um, (laughs) It stars Winona Ryder. She is like the valedictorian of her school, of her college, yet she's so overqualified she can't get a job. I think that sort of still rings true. And she is working on a documentary about her friends, which is called Reality Bites. (laughs) But she's working as an assistant on a really bad morning show and so she can't handle it anymore she gets fired she goes to her parents asks for help they will not help she comes up with kind of a very dodgy way of making money to pay her rent but at the same time she is like pulled into this love triangle between Ben Stiller who plays like the ultimate money man he works for MTV essentially and he is like everything that she should despise and then the guy that she actually despises is played by Ethan Hawke who is just this like slacker bro 
who is super into philosophy. And it's really funny. It's like when you watch it the first, like when I watched it the first time, I remember seeing it at the cinema and I was like, of course you have to go for Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And then you rewatch it and you're like, hmm, like I'm going to Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going with, yeah, with you. Yeah. And so... Winona Ryder lives with her best friend who is played by Janine Garofalo. And I am still, like, obsessed with Janine Garofalo. This is my ultimate role for her in this film. <laughs> I love her. I don't know if you guys are I do know Jen. Familiar. I am familiar with her. I think I watched a really inappropriate for kids movie, like The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Oh, yeah. When I was way too young to watch it, and it really stayed with me. I idolised her then, and I still do. But, yeah, look, that is a film that I think people remember as, like, a bad 90s movie, but rewatch it because it is line for line perfection. Yeah. And endlessly quotable. What's Ben Stiller like as a director? He's made some pretty good movies. Yeah. I, yeah. People remember him for his directing or his acting. Like, he directed The Cable Guy, which is still pretty good, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I haven't been following Ben Stiller's directorial <laughs> career, <laughs> I must say. Season of Ben Stiller coming up. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. Fifth film. Summer is ending. You've got one more film to watch. What are you gonna What are you gonna put on? Okay. This one is a. I reckon it will be quite a divisive one when it hits the cinemas. It's not for everyone. It's directed by Harmony Crean. We should uh, give it away right there. Yeah, he made Spring Breakers and Gummo and Kids. It's the Beach Bum. Okay. It's called the Beach Bum. It stars Matthew McConaughey as <laughs> the ultimate summer actor. I would say, <laughs> isn't he just? Yeah. I mean, so he stars as this guy named Moondog, who is like this shaggy dog of a man who is a <laughs> poet. He just sort of waltzes around Malibu in increasingly stunning frocks. Like, he's just wearing a different sundress or a bikini in every (laughs) scene. It's never really mentioned as well, which I particularly like. So, Matthew McConaughey is full Matthew McConaughey in this movie. He's this tripped-out stoner poet. He's got this fully hedonistic lifestyle. One of his best friends is Snoop Dogg, and um, he's being bankrolled by his wife, who is extremely rich and very cool and she's played by Isla Fisher like a, a, a woman I don't see enough of I reckon she, I, you just see her on the IMG I see her most commercials yeah totally and she is just really cool and really just like fully supportive of his lifestyle and she's got her own whack lifestyle as well they have a like grown up daughter together who's getting married and something happens within the family dynamic that I don't want to say. And suddenly Moondog has to kind of fend for himself. And he's got to, like, reach into himself and write his poetry in order to survive. <laughs> and that is basically it. That's the He has to re-examine his life or basically he just has to keep living his life, his dreams. Yeah, it's got Snoop Dogg. Zac Efron is in it. He plays this, like, pyromaniac, Christian rock-obsessed tweaker who wears a Bluetooth in his ear all the time and he's got like the best fade I've ever seen. Joan Hill's in it playing like a southern dandy. This movie is really like fully wild. I don't know what else you could ever want actually. I just think Matthew McConaughey going for Matthew McConaughey is... Oh, within five minutes, he is shirtless playing the bongos while, like, a golden python slowly wraps itself (laughs) around him. Who are you, Matthew McConaughey? Who are you? I don't think he can come back from this. Like, I don't think he should 
act again. Like, I truly, this is peak McConaughey. I, look, I really loved it. It was one of those films where I was watching it thinking, I should hate this movie. This is everything I hate. And I just couldn't get enough. But, you know, like, I loved Spring Breakers also. Harmony Crane's most recent film. I really loved it. Also a very divisive film. But, yeah, I just really enjoyed this. This is a film for you to have a couple of drinks or something else before you go get along to see it. I would say. Where can we see it? You can only see it at Golden Age. (laughs) I know, I know. But, you know, there is a reason for that. Because I loved it. Yeah, so we'll be screening it at Golden Age in uh, late November, early December. But then it will be streaming everywhere, I think, in late December or January. And it's played a number of festivals as well. It was on at um, Sydney Underground Film Festival here. And it was on at... MIF as well in Melbourne. So it's been doing the, the weirdo rounds. <laughs> we are signing up for that. And yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's like, I don't know, if you want the summer version of Mandy or something, maybe this is it. I wonder what cocktail are you going to, to match with this? Oh, there? I'm thinking a take on the, this is one of the fav- my favourite things about the job. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, something like a Long Island iced tea or seven layers of something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like, I know that you've talked about Fleabag on the yeah. show. I couldn't wait to just do a flea bag GNT for those films. Mm, yeah. Going down a tree. Okay. That would be so fun to think of. I'd love that. Look, if CBD was illegal in Australia, I feel like this would be the one. This would be the one. CBD. <laughs> CBD Just to get everyone on the same level as Matthew McConaughey. You'd need like seven of them. Yeah. Maybe that's a BYO thing. <laughs> That was so good. They're wild. I I hope that was fine. I think that's always fine. A (laughs) wild summer for everyone. I'm super excited to track down and see Starstruck. Me too. Yeah, that is, I think, for me, the ultimate summer Mm. film for me. It is just beautiful and strange and so Australian. Yeah, it's just one of my favourite Gillian Armstrong films. Amazing. All right. What's your favourite? Well, this is specifically a summer film favourite again. I have other slightly more highbrow favourite films, but one of my favourites is Looking for Alibrandi. Classic. It's a classic for a reason. If you're not Australian, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's based on a book by Melina Marchetta. Apparently it was the most stolen school library book, and so that's when they knew they should make a film about it. It's not like, it's set over a full year, but there's just all of the really like pivotal scenes are summer scenes, like the tomato day. So the main character is Italian and her family every summer like makes tomato passata and like her entire family, all her cousins and aunts together. And she hates it. And she hates it. It looks so amazing. She's like, this is the worst thing ever that I can call. Italians. (laughs) Hell. So um, embarrassing. And then it has like a really killer early 2000s soundtrack mm. that just makes me feel like I'm like 14 again. Like just every single song. Like Lotel, Teenager of the Year, gets me every time. <laughs> you can only find that on YouTube now. It is not available anywhere else. Mm. Just um, that end of high school, summer, mm. that first summer when you're out of school and those exams and yeah. just... Working at a chicken shop, yeah. <laughs> part-time, just covered in grease and sweaty in your polyester uniform, like hopping in your friend's car and driving to the beach like when everyone gets their peas, that sense of freedom that summer has when you're, yeah, finishing high school. Mm, so that's, that's a good one. Yeah, so that's my favourite one I want to, like, feel super nostalgic. Also, summer is a very nostalgic season. <laughs> so I might rewatch it, actually, now that I've talked about it. Yeah, that's well, a great movie. What is your favourite summer film? Well, I have two... I just love the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's just 
every time I get on a plane, it's always got it on every single flight that I'm on, and it's a perfect plane movie. It's got like that weird intrigue. It's got Italy. It's got it's got Gwyneth Paltrow's character's costumes, which I have screenshot <sighs> and like used as reference for pretty much every summer holiday I've ever She's taken. So flawless. <laughs> it's just unravels in this totally chaotic way, and I just love it. Yeah, makes me want to go to Europe instantly. Yeah, but the other one is Itu Mama Tambien. Such a good film. So I told slutty. someone I was like, I really like this movie, and they're like, You just like the threesome at the end. <laughs> and I was like, Well, I don't not like them. <laughs> it's like. Mexican erotic drama. And a road trip, <laughs> a classic summer trope. Classic road trip movie. There's two school friends who meet, I think, at a, at a party, a friend of a cousin. I'm a very kind of lonely woman who decides that they should go on a trip together to find a secret beach up on the coast of Mexico. And just the kind of crazy stuff that happens, the big discoveries that happens at the end, the secret beach, the yeah. kind of shacks on the side of the road. I loved it. Yeah, it's very dusty. Very as well. dusty. Yeah, I have not revisited that in so long. Yeah. I need to rewatch. I vividly remember the first time I saw it because I think I was like seventeen, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is this is what life is like. Really I need to go well. to Mexico now. Yeah, I saw a girl Garcia Bernal in the street once, <laughs> and I tripped over because I was watching him. <laughs> like an absolute creep. Could not tear my eyes away. <laughs> he was a beautiful man. Well, that's it for our film review this week. I hope everyone is excited to hide from the stifling heat in an air-conditioned room with a weird, surreal summer film. And a good cocktail. And a good cocktail. Critical ingredients. Where else can people find you, Kate? Well, I'm doing a little talk at the Art Gallery of New South Wales for their Japanese Supernatural exhibition coming up very soon. It's called Supernatural Screens Coalescing Forces Encounters with the Spirit World. So I need to do some research before that. (laughs) And I've actually got a film recommendation sort of newsletter starting up this very week. Perfect timing. I know. It's called Abracadabra Department. Oh my god. Um, it's such a good name. <laughs> it is tied to one of the winter films that will be on the list in your newsletter. Amazing. It's all coming together. So you could search for Abracadabra Department or you could find me on Twitter where it will be pinned to the top. Uh, my Fantastic. name is Kate Jinx. At Kate Jinx. Kate Jinx, at Kate Jinx. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you to Drinks for sponsoring us. You can find us on Instagram at Highly Enthused. Sign up to our newsletter at highlyenthused.substack.com where those five winter films will also be listed. Um, and you can email us at highlyenthused at gmail.com if you have just like anything you want to say. If you're... Like your favourite summer films. Yeah, tell us. We'd love to hear them. Yeah, I want recommendations. Yes. Yeah, okay, so yeah, tell Kate us. Kate needs more hours of the day spent in film. They don't <laughs> need to have like spirits or acid <laughs> or <laughs> but it's better if they do. If they do, we're, they're more likely to show up at <laughs> Golden Age. Okay, we'll see you later. See ya. Bye.